SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. If you're going to stick with Tua, and I wish they would move on from him, but they won't, but if you're going to go with him, you get him some guys that he could throw to, go get him some real weapons. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday, January 6th morning, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning. Well, uh, what you don't know won't hurt you. NFL Hall of Fame game, Heisman game, Field the Dreams continues here on Bagels and Bad Beats. A dream is a nightmare in Miami. Uh, Cleveland's in drag, talking smack in San Diego, talking stupidity in Dallas. A Saban tweet accuses Ohio State of cheating. Really? No, really, from Saban. Uh, journalism like only the four-letter network can do. It clueless Jets have no bright future. Seahawk fans sleepless in Seattle. Uh, pick your poison and uh, the Texas two-step. We'll get to all those stories. Again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. <clears throat> and a bagels and bad beats on this Wednesday, January 6th morning. Boy, for a, a hump day, there sure is a lot going on as we get set for the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. We got the College Football Hall of Fame, or the uh, Heisman Trophy last night. No surprise as uh, Devontae Smith ends up winning it in a landslide. We got the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns, uh, the dopey Browns. Uh, they'll, they'll never change. Uh, and we got a good poll question out today, as we always do, but uh, you know, with Urban Meyer and a few of the others, there's six head coaching jobs as of now. Looks like it's going to stay at six, although I still think, as I've been saying, Matt Nagy could still get fired in Chicago if he uh, goes one and done in the postseason. Uh, but for now, you got six uh, spots that need head coaches. <clears throat> Urban Meyer seems to be the pick of the litter, and, and he literally probably has his choice if teams would pony up the dough. So uh, we'll get to our poll question on where is the best spot. Uh, Nick Saban's family is in the news today. So is Cardell Jones having some fun. And uh, like I said, the four-letter network and uh, the news, uh, I hate to break it to you, Dolphin fans, is not good from Miami. So a lot to get to over the next uh, two hours here. 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Start with the Heisman Trophy last night. Really a foregone conclusion. I was surprised that that uh, he would win by that easily of a margin. Devontae Smith gets 447 first-place votes. I actually had a, a Heisman Trophy vote a couple of years ago. Um, uh, but then when I left the three-letter network, that put an end to that. 
So anyway, uh, I digress. So Smith gets 447 first place votes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence gets 222. So Smith got over twice as many first place votes as the second place Lawrence runner up. Mac Jones, who I thought, you know, had a chance of winning uh, ever so slightly, really was a distant third. He finishes with 138 first place votes. And uh, I won't bore you with the uh, whole total, but uh, basically he was, you know, well behind. And then uh, Kyle Trask, the quarterback out of Florida, finished fourth, getting only 61 first place votes. There really was no need for Kyle Trask to be there. But, they, you know, they want to make it more of a show, even in, in today's day and age, when they weren't in the, the downtown New York as they normally are because of the COVID-19 COVID situation. You know, they were all in their own facilities, but uh, they still had to have four finalists for some uh, dopey reason. So Smith wins it again, uh, 1,856 votes in a landslide. So he becomes the fourth wide receiver to win the award. You know, nice little short speech, very short. Not like last year uh, with Joe Burrow. Uh, he was at the Alabama football facility, spoke about, uh, you know, self-belief and this and that, small little town in Louisiana, uh, how he was doubted along the way. You generally get that in these speeches. And he did remark about how small he was and how people, you know, of his sight, of, of, their, of his size, you know, shouldn't give up. Uh, he really, I tell you what, really out of all of it, he really is small. I mean, Sometimes you don't notice it when they're in football uniforms and, you know, you're not getting close up to these players. You're generally seeing the back of him because he's so fast and he's running, you know, around people and, and uh, you know, over faster than people, not necessarily over people. But, you know, seeing him in a suit last night and, and then but he really is small. 6'1", 175 pounds. That's going to be real interesting. He, he is at least in college anyway, the best wide receiver out there. But there's the bad beats on a uh, Wednesday morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in as we welcome in our full audience. We got to get the Chris like a sound effect. So, you know, like a ring of the bell, um, you know, whether it's at a horse race, whether it's to start the Dow morning, you know, something, uh, you know, we're going to do some kind of ring in there. So the welcome in the full audience. But anyway, um, he really is small. So I, I wonder if the NFL execs how much. Now, I won't even say I wonder if because they will. But I wonder how much that will be used against him, um, you know, to the point where we're not going to draft him because he's 6'1". That's not small, small, small. You know, like 5'8 is small. But 6'1 is, you know, you love to be able to get those 6'4 wide receivers that you could throw those idiotic, moronic, God, I hate the little uh, flare patterns into the end zone. You know, when you're down to the uh, one, two, three yard line, you just send a wide receiver to the corner and throw it to him, let him out, jump the defensive back. You can't do that with this guy because he's only 6'1. But I wonder if that'll be against him when it comes draft time. Probably to a certain extent. All right, just getting started. A lot to get to, as I mentioned. 844-843-6879. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Uh, Tua, very happy with. You know, he's our starting quarterback. Uh, he did a nice job this year coming in uh, as a rookie with no offseason and, and the challenges of, of dealing with all that. And um, very happy with him and uh, looking forward to watching him progress here over the next with an offseason here and going into next year. And, you know, for us, uh, not really talking about draft strategy, anything right now. The season just ended. And uh, we're, we're just going through our process like we do all the time, and uh, and we'll deal with that here in the future. 
Eagles of Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Our poll question is up. Uh, let us go there before we get into the program. Uh, first up, uh, the results from yesterday. Upset special next weekend slash Monday will be was our question on Tuesday. And the winner is Tennessee over Baltimore. I agree with you, folks, LLs, loyal listeners, uh, getting almost 43% of the vote. Uh, <clears throat> Cleveland over Pittsburgh getting 34% of the vote. And then Ohio State knocking off Alabama getting uh, almost 19% of the vote with the proverbial other uh, getting four and a half percent of the vote. So nice job by all the uh, tweeters out there. Now the poll question for today. We have uh, six openings at this point uh, in the, you know, the NFL as far as head coaching jobs are concerned. So best club to go to is... Uh, we got the Jaguars with uh, the number one overall pick. You got the L.A. Chargers with Justin Herbert as your quarterback. You got the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Uh, then uh, the proverbial others. So Jaguars, Chargers, Texans, or other. Again, go to your opposite picks feed and get the, your vote in. We'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the morning. All right, that, you know, the words you heard there were uh, Dolphin GM Chris Greer talking about how Tua Tags is the Miami quarterback for next season. He categorically said, absolutely, he will be the guy, which is interesting on two fronts. I listened to the press conference uh, last night that the Greer and, and the head coach had, uh, you know, just going over the season-ending press conference. It only lasted about literally 20 minutes, uh, considering the circumstances. You got the head coach in one spot, the GM's in another spot, and the media's obviously in a, in a third spot. So it's not easy to do, but they did it. And uh, he said categorically, two was going to be their guy. Interesting because, first off, when asked about other players – they all, you know, the head coach and, and the GM both said, well, we don't know. It's the end of the year. We're still kind of, you know, contemplating 2020, never mind 2021. You know, when asked about the draft, who are you going to draft? You get the third overall pick and the 18th overall pick. Well, we're not sure. It's too early in the process. You know, we just finished up 2020. You know, if, if Flores, the head coach, Brian, would just kind of sat there like, oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, the GM Greer, uh, Greer is, is just like, you know, poo-pooing the question. Okay, I, I get that. But, you know, they asked about Tua several times. And then they asked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they asked about the offensive line, what kind of improvements you want to do. Every single question outside of Tua they gave you the proverbial, well, 2020 just ended. We don't know where we're going to go. You know, we like what they did. Are we going to uh, commit to Ryan Fitzpatrick as the backup? No, we don't know, blah, 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 blah. But when asked about Tua, as you just heard the GM say, he categorically is the quarterback. So I would think Miami Dolphins media, if you're doing your job and you're actually listening to these two guys speak and you're hearing what they're saying, the question would be, right, okay, if you're not willing to talk about the other 50 or so players about next season, why are you willing to commit to Tua, though, for next season? What separates Tua from all the other players? All the other players, when asked about next year, it's like, well, let's wait until we get to next year. Let's get into the offseason. Let's do our draft analysis. Let's do our, our, our 2020 critiquing and blah, 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 blah. But when it came to Tua, there's Greer. Again, as you heard, absolutely, he's our starting quarterback. And he said it a couple of times. So, I, I you know, I, I'm really disappointed in the media. You know, it, it was listening to them ask questions. It was pathetic. They actually thanked. They thanked these two guys 
for having a winning year. Like, 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 like you're sitting there with the, the red rifle and, and the Christmas story, you know, thanking Santa Claus for bringing them a present. And the president was a 10 and 6 non playoff win, oh, by the way, season, by the way. I mean, you're going to thank the head coach and general manager? I mean, you talk about being objective and not really being objective. What is that? My God, how much do you want to kiss these guys' ass, for goodness sakes? He's telling the world that Tua, who stunk, is going to be the starting quarterback absolutely next year. Can't commit to any of the other players, but Tua, yes. And you don't have the brains, my baby Dolphins, meaning to say, well, what separates Tua from everyone else? What did you see out of Tua that you think is going to be him being a, a great NFL player? Here, here, how about this? How, how about delve just a little deep and say, gee, last year, Chris, you gave up a second-round pick for Josh Rosen, and you kicked his ass out the out of the building in, in one year. So clearly it's not because you made a commitment to Tua. You made a decent commitment, a second-round pick to Arizona to get uh, Rosen, and he's gone already. So you can't be afraid of uh, you know correcting your mistakes. So again, why did you get rid of Rosen? Why can't you talk about everyone else? So what did you see at a Tua that makes you so head-bent on him being the starting quarterback next year? You know, it's one of the beauties of doing a network show as we do here. You get to hear from people all over the country. And if you're a Dolphin fan in Miami or a Dolphin fan in New York or a Dolphin fan in San Diego or a Dolphin fan in, in Canada, you watch Tua play and we all come out with the same conclusion. The guy can't throw 15 yards down the freaking field. He can't throw more than 15 yards. He had 15. He can't throw more than five yards down the field. We all see that no matter where we live. So do you think these bozos would be asking the GM and head coach, hey, what is going on with the quarterback here? You know, you bring in Fitzpatrick when he's available and he's throwing 25, 30-yard passes, and then when two is in there, he's throwing five-yard passes. Again, what makes you? what did you see out of him that makes you think he's going to be a championship quarterback? And it's not an accusation saying he's not when you ask these questions. It's a simple. It is what it is. What, what did you see out of him? Because every other Dolphin fan in this world saw garbage. Every other Dolphin fan that I know, again, I don't care if you live in San Diego or you live in Canada or you live in New York or Miami, we're all coming to the same conclusion. This guy's not an NFL starting quarterback at this point. Maybe they work with him, and, and maybe that's what the answer will be. We'll work with him. We see some promise. We see this in, in practices and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's it. But in the game, what the Dolphin fan sees on TV is trash, is not a starting quarterback in the NFL, is a backup quarterback at best. Hell, the kid Walford from the L.A. Rams, I told you this yesterday, he played better against Arizona as a rookie at a Wake Freaking Forest. He has twice the arm that Tua has. You know, watching him play for one game, I see potential starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't see it after nine games with Tua. So you think, again, the bozo Miami Dolphin media would bring this stuff up, but no, no. Instead, they're going to thank the Dolphins for producing a 10-6, and 6, again, non-playoff season. Uh, like, uh, you know, all of a sudden that's going to change their life because they can talk about a winning team versus a team that stinks. My goodness. God, our profession is just going into hell in a handbasket. It, it really is. It, it is embarrassing. I, I got to get up next year, I'm telling you. Uh, I got to get into some of these press conferences. I, I, I just have to. I, I, I can't sit by and watch these bozos, you know, pretend to do a, a profession that, you know, had some credibility. This is why the, the, the NFL player and the head coach 
uh, and GMs especially. This is why they laugh at you. They're laughing at you. The, I can guarantee you Chris Greer and uh, the head coach, Brian Flores, got off that press conference, uh, you know, YouTube or however they did it, Skype, and just laughed at the media and said, what a bunch of bozos. They're thanking us for going 10 and 6. They're thanking us for having a, a, a season that wasn't disastrous. That's the critical, tough media we have to deal with. My God. And all these guys want to do is just kiss their ass. That, that's all they, they just want to be funny, but pathetic. Just pathetic. As true as performance. All right, we'll get to the Cleveland Browns. That's next. Thank you for that beat for the Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team you just played. All right, we're going to see them in a week. We don't know when we're playing them yet. Okay, we're gonna we'll send out the schedule tonight. Okay, guys, I am proud of you. Okay, I gotta say something though. Was the goal ever just to go to the playoffs? No, 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 no. You got you got more in you? Yes, sir. Good, because I'm gonna need it. AB, where's that? Uh, where are you? Joel Petonio, get your up here. Hey, Longest man. tenured brand right here. You're going to the playoffs. on a Wednesday morning. That's Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Chris, we have that again? Uh, let me, let me uh, listen, uh, if you can play that again here. Listen, I, I love the fact that he's handing out the, the game ball after their win against uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday. They clinch, obviously, a playoff spot first oh, time at 18. Where's that? Uh, where are you? Joel Petonio, get your up here. Hey, Long hey. as Kevin Brown right here, you're going to play Boys, man, this means a lot. We got a lot more work to do, but okay, yeah, cut yeah. it up there. There's a point in, in the in the very beginning. He talks about how they're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to face Pittsburgh, and and he pauses and he says the same thing we just played. Like 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 the Brown players are so stupid. They're they're so dumb. They're so brain dead. They don't even realize they played the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got to point out that they played Pittsburgh. They just walked off the field playing the Steelers, and the head coach has to point out the, that we're going to be playing Pittsburgh next week. Uh, you know the same team that we just played. Like duh, you know, are his players that kind of brain dead? You know, maybe they are after watching and hearing and reading about left tackle. Uh, Jedrick Wills and uh, Richard Higgins, the wide receiver, cited for drag racing yesterday morning. Uh, I mean, and, and when I say yesterday morning, I mean yesterday morning. I'm not talking about like one, two, three o'clock in the morning. These guys are out late. They're drinking, maybe having some fun, hop in their cars and then uh, say, Let, let's, you know, go down the highway. There's no one on the roads. And, and uh, you know, let's see how, you know, who can beat each other. No, we're talking about 930 in the morning. You know, drive time traffic. I don't know what road they picked, but these two bozos decide they're going to go drag racing at 930 in the morning, each given $124 tickets. Uh, you know, one of the two cars, they didn't specify which one uh, the police said was suspected of having marijuana, a, a joint. Uh, they didn't say how fast these two clowns were going. But uh, obviously, it's not a good look if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. But all the issues they have. You know, this is the last thing they need, right? And then Dopey Higgins tweets out, oops, 
uh, foot slip, sorry, and then uh, tweeted out, try and get away from COVID. You know, so obviously he doesn't care about this. He's not, you know, that serious about it. He, he's joking about it. Now, as you all like to do, you know, send out these tweets and then realize that probably wasn't too smart. So he deleted the tweets. But, you know, once it's out there, it's, it's out there. So uh, you got the, you know, the Cleveland Browns will always be the Cleveland Browns. They just will. They, you know, there's just some franchises. The Bungles will always be the Bungles. You know, the Cardinals to me will always be the St. Louis god-awful Cardinals. And the Browns, you know, will always be the Browns. It's as simple as that. I mean, you have uh, the first franchise postseason in 19, 18 years since 2002. You know, you think everything's on the uptick. You got a quarterback that's, uh, you know, I don't believe in him, but, you know, he's a national quarterback. He's doing national commercials. You got a head coach who seemingly knows what he's doing finally for the first time. And good knows who knows how long, right? Um, and, and what do you do? The first week you make the playoffs, you have two guys who want to go drag racing at 930 in the morning. You have the COVID situation in which the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, a couple of his assistants, and then two players won't be able to be at the game against Pittsburgh. You know, one of those players is uh, an offensive lineman who's pretty damn good, who will be missed for sure. So it, it is just, you know, one chaotic move after another with the Cleveland Browns. It, it's, it is the prototypical one step forward, two steps back. It's as simple as that. You know, they've had some issues with the COVID. Listen, maybe you can, maybe you can't blame anyone, uh, but they've had them now for the last two, three weeks. They had to close their facilities a couple of times. You know, they had to play against the Jets two weeks ago without all the wide receivers. I mean, you would think they would lock this stuff down, but they announced yesterday that the head coach and and two of his assistants and two of the players, including uh, Batonio, won't be able to play. Uh, So the special teams coordinator, who's never been a head coach in his life, Apparently, according to the four-letter network, not even in, in like uh, peewee ball, a special teams coordinator Mike Prefer will serve as the interim head coach. Why him? I don't know. Uh, why not one of the coordinators? I, I, I'm guessing it's because the coordinators have enough on their plate. So let's go to the guy that uh, you know is, is uh, has a bit of a stature with the club as a coordinator, but not as an offense or defensive coordinator. Only special teams coordinator. So uh, that line for the Browns and Steelers game opened up. You know, right around three for Pittsburgh and FanDuel, when I last checked, had it at six. It doubled. I don't know if I necessarily buy into that. You know, Stefanski or no Stefanski, it's still the Browns. As long as you have your offensive coordinator calling the plays, you know, that would be my biggest concern, not necessarily the head coach, but it's the Browns being the dopey Browns. I mean, they're they're not beating Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're not. I'll eat my hat if the Steelers lose back-to-back games to the Cleveland Browns. It's just not happening. So, but maybe this is a, this will work out better and that they would go from the hunter to the hunted and vice versa, whatever the case may be. You know, a lot of people thought the Browns had a fighting chance as I did heading into that game next week, but now it's just, they're not, they're not ready. When you have two mopes who go drag racing at nine 30 in the morning, when you had the COVID situation as they do it, to me, it shows that they're just not ready, but they're just not ready to be a playoff team. Not, not to win on a big time level anyway. So it'll, to me, it'll be a one and done deal. Don't necessarily like lay in six. I, I must admit that. But uh, when I hear these stories about the Browns, it's just uh, so funny. It, it really is. Meanwhile, on a bigger concern, at least uh, for Seattle fans, uh, Seagirls don't know if they'll have all pro safety Jamal Adams for Saturday's wild card matchup with the Rams. Um, now again, I, you know, you, you can't put a lot of credence into what these head coaches are saying. Some are saying nothing. Some are saying something. 
Some are lying. Some are being deceptive. It's some just whatever, you know, and I'll throw the Pete Carroll into the whatever, probably being a little deceptive here. But he said yesterday that Adams, who's one of the main, main, main cogs for Seattle, obviously, on defense, might not be able to play Saturday because he hurt his left shoulder in the game against San Fran on Sunday. After the game, uh, they said that uh, they would be able to play. But yesterday, he backtracked, Carroll did, saying, well, you know what? We're going to have to wait and see. We don't really know. Uh, and we're going to have to worry, in his words, we'll have to wait all the way up until game time to figure that out if he'll play. Now, is that coach's rhetoric? Is he being serious about it? I highly doubt we'll have to wait until game time. You know, I always laugh at these things when when people say it'll be a game time decision. Believe you me, they're not waking up Sunday morning, you know, and it's 1130, an hour and a half before kickoff, not realizing if a guy's going to be available or not. That, that That's not happening. There might be some cases where they say, well, let's see how he feels. We'll wake up Sunday morning and go from there. But they, they have to have a pretty good indication if Jamal Adams is going to be able to play or not. So... Is it rhetoric? You know, does it make a difference? Yeah, with him, it does make a difference. You know, it, it, absolutely in their game against the Rams. But then, on the other hand, you have the, you know, so Pete Carroll saying that he's not telling the world if his uh, best defensive player is playing. And then on the other side of the football field, you got the head coach of the Rams, uh, you know, boy wonder, Sean McVay, not telling the world if uh, his quarterback is going to be able to play or not. So... Now, I hate to break it to uh, to Sean, but uh, NFL does have rules about, you know, these uh, players, whether they're going to be able to play or not. Uh, he said his words, McVay now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, his words, uh, make an announcement on who's starting and who is not. I'm not going to answer that question this week. Well, you have to let us know on the injury report starting today on whether uh, Jared Goff, the quarterback who didn't play last week, is you know questionable, doubtful, out, probable. You, you just can't put, I'm not telling. <laughs> the NFL doesn't allow that, Sean. I hate to, I hate to break it to your brother here, but uh, I'm not saying is not allowed as an official uh, report on uh, the condition of your starting quarterback, or at least would-be starting quarterback. So whether you want to say if he's starting or not, you know, you don't have to be a genius to realize if he's healthy, he's starting. As much as I like John Wolford last week, he's not better than Jared Goff at this point. You know, there's no way in the world a healthy Goff would be on the bench for, for John Wolford. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they list him as today on the injury report. Probable, doubtful. I I'm guessing they'll list questionable. Uh, he did say, you know, it's funny, though, but they did say that wide receiver Cooper Cup, who is by far their best wide receiver, well, one of the two best wide receivers, uh, will be able to play. So, uh, and that, that's because of the COVID-19 situation. I, why is he being, you know, iffy on golf and not some of these others? Don't know, but we'll find out later on today the condition. So the bottom line is whatever you hear over the next couple of days with the conditions of these players, Boy, you just don't buy into it. You just you just never know what's going to happen. College football, hey, you got to love the four-letter network. You, you really just, you have to love the four-letter network. I, I, I got to tell you. Uh, there was a story out there that Ohio State was looking to push off the championship game because of the COVID-19 situation uh, within their team. Uh, but, oh, by the way, with that comes their quarterback who's, uh, you know, nursing uh, an injury. Uh, give him an extra couple of days, maybe an extra week to heal, you know, with his uh, busted ribs or whatever he has right from this past weekend with his ribs. So, you know, you, 
you lose the battle, but you win the war for your Ohio State. You don't get to play the game, you know, on Monday, but uh, you get an extra four, five, six days uh, for uh, Justin Fields to heal up a little bit more. So ESPN, the four-letter network, put out that story. Then later in the day, the four-letter network refuted that story. So they're refuting their own story, you know. And in the story, they're saying they got quotes from Ohio State saying, "No, we're not looking to cancel the game." They got quotes from Alabama saying, "No, we're not looking to cancel the game." They got quotes from the executive director of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock, saying, "No, we're not canceling or moving the game." So they got all these negatives, yet they still put out the original story that they were told. So which one is it? Are your sources saying that the game might be moved through? Or your sources that say the game are not going to be full true. Only the four-letter network can have a story against itself. But, uh... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Um, shit. uh, man, uh, if, if, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, no, nobody likes the decision, nobody. And that's all, that's all I can say mm-hmm. really. But, um, I don't know what, what was the, who was the main person behind that decision, but, um, all that, all I know is a lot of people on the team was, was confused. Right. Miles, what do you want to get better at personally? All right, last day for this story before we put this baby to bed. I mentioned that yesterday. If it's uh, obviously Monday, Giant fans complain, Eagle fans, players to complain. We'll give it Tuesday, and you know now as of uh, you know later on this afternoon, I'll say we we, we put the Eagles and uh, Redskins and Giants thing to bed. It is what it is. But that's Eagles running back Miles Sanders uh, yesterday on a uh, Philadelphia radio station, ninety four point one WIP, talking about how the team he's going to speak for the team when he said nobody uh, was happy with the fact that Jalen Hurts was pulled from the game against Washington Sunday night in favor of Nate Sudfeld, who we all no stung out the joint for the basically the quarter that he played interception fumble incompetence left and right couldn't start a game for Topeka High never mind the Philadelphia NFL Eagles right so um I, I don't know. You know, it's somewhere along the line the Eagles are going to have to address this with the team. Whether they're just going to say, hey, listen, just shut up and deal with it. The season's over, so we got to get a higher draft choice. Half you guys won't even be on this team next year anyway, so go ahead and deal with it. You know, maybe he, you know, fights. Fire. I'm a big fight fire with fire guy. I, I don't, I don't back down. You know, I, if I'm a Doug Peterson and I'm the Eagles organization and I like the decision to pull Hurts, I say, listen, I hate to break it to you here, Eagle players, but we were trailing. You know, we were down 17, 14. It's, and he didn't throw for 300 yards. He did run for a couple of scores. He had less than 10 completions. I mean, it's, it's not like we pulled Peyton Manning here. You know, we, we pulled a rookie quarterback. That, that's what I would do. I, I would, you know, let's let's remind everyone who the boss. We're the boss. We're trying to win. But in reality, it's a meaningless game. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, we'd rather have the Redskins make the playoffs than the Giants. And we'd rather have the sixth overall pick versus the ninth overall pick, which they would have gotten if they would have won. But the fact that you have an Eagles running back a couple of days later that are still talking about this just shows to show how, you know, this might be a divide in the locker room. You know, put it this way. If there's a divide in the locker room with Philadelphia between Jalen Hurts and Nate Sudfeld, 
Think about the divide in the locker room when the Eagles got to figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be next year if, in fact, they keep Carson Wentz. You know, is half the team going to be on Hurt's side? Is half the team going to be on Wentz's side? If they can't figure out how to handle a third-string quarterback without getting the uh, uh, the football players upset, I mean, how the fudge are they going to handle Wentz versus Hurts? I'm telling you. Um, you know, you want to believe that these guys are smarter than the average Joe Schmo, and I keep on saying, no, they're not. They're not. Uh, the moment they used the second-round pick on Hurts, was the moment this uh, franchise was headed for disaster. It just was. They had it with Nick Foles. They won a Super Bowl. They were able to survive that. They let uh, Foles walk and and said, Wentz, you're our guy. We're going to give you a nice fat contract. So they reiterated that he's going to be the man. And, you know, then a year later, they they use a second-round pick, not a fourth or fifth or sixth, a second-round pick on a quarterback that best-case scenario is going to play four or five, you know, plays a game. And all it's going to do is bring up the controversy again. And it's been controversial right, right from the outset. And then what are they going to do next year? You know, there's a report that says Wentz isn't necessarily going to ask for a trade. You know, one day they say he's going to ask for a trade. The next, there's another report, AP, saying, no, that's not necessarily the case. So who knows if he wants to be in Philadelphia or not? I'm sure it's a lot of, you know, do you want me versus do I want you? You know, if Philadelphia, the Eagles went to him and said, okay, you're going to be our starting quarterback then I'm guessing he would say, okay, I'll stay. But if they go to him this offseason and say, you're going to have to win the job from Jalen Hurts, I'm guessing Wentz is going to say, well, then go ahead and trade me. You know, So you know, God forbid he should actually face a little bit of a challenge. But this has been a screwed-up situation from the get-go from Philadelphia. Just, just absolutely made no sense to draft Hurts, made no sense to pull him, made no sense to put Sudfeld in the game, made no sense not to dress Carson Wentz, uh, you waited so darn long to pull Wentz from the starting lineup, and you gave him every chance in the world. I get that. But then in the end, you you completely alienate him to the point that he maybe doesn't even want to be on the team anymore. It's it just, boy, they don't know if they're coming or going in Philadelphia. And again, you want to believe the GM and the front office and the head coach knows more than what we do. But you know what? They don't. Because really, if they did, they wouldn't have drafted Jalen Hurts. At least with the Green Bay Packers. They were drafting a quarterback that most people thought, okay, would be an NFL starting quarterback someday. So we don't necessarily have to put him in there to see what he's going to deliver for us because right now it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' team. And the way Rodgers played, it looks like he's going to be his team for a little while. But with Philadelphia, you didn't do that. You, you drafted a quarterback that you don't know. You know, Is he going to be an NFL starting quarterback? Are you going to use him like Taysom Hill, like the, uh, the the Saints do with him? You know, Can he really throw the football? Can he really just be anything more than just a scrambling quarterback? You don't, you know, he's, he needs playing time to see what he can deliver to the team. And, and that's just, you know, it was dumb. It was dumb. With all the holes on that football team, uh, drafting uh, Hurts was, was idiotic. And again, you like to believe that these guys know more than you and I, but they don't. They, uh, they really don't. So uh, back to our uh, poll question. Uh, throw that out there uh, one more time. I always want to update that. And that is six NFL teams that head coaching openings, best club to go to. Uh, we got the Jaguars. Uh, we got the Chargers. We got the Texans. And we got the proverbial other. Little surprising, but the Chargers with the quarterback Justin Herbert, as I pointed out in the poll question, leading the way at 56%. Jaguars with the number one overall pick, uh, i.e. Trevor Lawrence getting 26%, and Deshaun Watson getting 17%. So far, no others, but we just posted that uh, a little while ago. I, I point that out because there's a report now that says the Chargers are going to be going after Urban Meyer as well, which is interesting. I mean, listen, he, he is the 
on the proverbial hot seat. He can pick any team he wants. As long as he lowers his price, I'm sure he could price himself out of certain situations. But if he called up the Jets, he called up the Falcons, he called up the Jags, he called up the Chargers, he called up the Lions, he called up the, who's the other team? What other team? Whoever it is. Um, Texans, Houston Texans. And said, I, I want to come to your team. I, I want to be your head coach. And they would say, okay, you know what? Here's the here's the contract. It's all yours. Uh, so he he has the pick of the litter. So Jacksonville and the Chargers at this point are the two teams that are really, you know, going gung-ho. It, it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the high school or the college girl who's gorgeous. We all think she's gorgeous, right? But you know, are we all going after her? No. There's always like one or two that actually say, oh, I actually like her, though. Well, we all think she's great looking, but okay, you want to go for it, go for it. That's Urban Meyer. You know, he's the good looking girl. Now, they all would love him, but who's actually going to make a, a run for him? Jacksonville and the Chargers are. Now, we don't even know if he really wants to come out of retirement. You know, 10 to $12 million. Who knows? Maybe he's asking for 15. Uh, you know, who knows? You know, I, I'm sure if you throw him enough money, he would say yes. But as I pointed out yesterday, you know, if you could go to Jacksonville and, and now the Chargers, right? You know, pick one which is better than the other. Um, you know, Jacksonville, you get the number one overall pick. You could have Trevor Lawrence, quarterback of your future for the next 10, 15 years. Uh, you go to the Chargers and have Justin Herbert. And if he's as good as he showed this year, you got your quarterback there for the next 10, 15 years. Chargers, uh, you know, division, you know, not great, but you do have Kansas City. And with a young Pat Mahomes, whether Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey fade out eventually, you know, as long as Mahomes is there, uh, I got a feeling they're going to be a pretty good team that you're going to have to deal with for the next 10 years. Jacksonville, you got Deshaun Watson uh, with Houston, you know, Tennessee and Indianapolis. I, I wouldn't be that worried. You're going to have some halfway decent teams. Um, so the, the division is basically easier in Jacksonville than it would be for the Chargers. But um, if you can run the show, and be in total control, both organizations, which one is better? Both warm weather cities. Um, you know, the Chargers, you're always going to be second fiddle to the Rams. You might not be anything because it's the L.A. Chargers. I mean, heck, even the Rams might not be anything in that city. Jacksonville, obviously, is a much smaller market. Uh, are you going to be second fiddle to the Dolphins or, or Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Eh, probably not. Eh, not. Not really. Not, not in that market, I wouldn't think. But you know, they both have their advantages. But if, if he's got to be convinced, though, that, that's the big thing for me. If you're going to pay this guy 10 plus million, right? He's going to be asking for at least 10 million. No, no two ways about that. So if you got to pay this guy 10 plus million dollars, you're handing him the quarterback of the future, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert. Uh, in both cases, you know, they're in divisions where you, you might have one team, you know, in LA with with the. Uh, Kansas City, but, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of uh, the Raiders or Denver Broncos. And in Jacksonville, you know, you have one team, I suppose, in Tennessee, but, you know, no offense to Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. You don't go into a situation saying you're fearing that. So you get both divisions are pretty good. You're not playing the, uh, you know, the AFC North here uh, or even the AFC East with the, with the Dolphins and Bills. You got a pretty good division, both situations, perfect weather, decent cities, uh, quarterbacks of the future, $10 million. If you still don't necessarily know if you want to come out of retirement, then, then again, you, you you just don't. I, I would steer clear. It sounds good. It looks good on paper. You're going to sell some tickets. You're going to sell hope for two franchises that are absolutely desperate for that. But, you know, if you offer the guy the world and he still has to contemplate it, 
You know, whether maybe he's just holding out for more money, that I understand. You know, time is on his side. There's no reason to rush into these things. But, you know, somewhere along the line, both of these organizations have to turn the page. Now, it's only been a couple of days. So, you know, they have a good week plus before they get to that point. But I, I would think somewhere, you know, by this uh, upcoming weekend, they're going to tell Urban, you know, either uh, blank or get off the pot. W which one is it? If it's not going to be you, then we're going to move on. But I'd be a little leery. although. I must say, I think I would rather if, if I had my druthers. See, I'm an East Coast guy, so I would say Jacksonville. Uh, but if I could have Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence, I would take Herbert. I, I know that you know things are looking pretty good for the Chargers with Herbert. I, I'm still, I still think the jury's going to be out on Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I do. But that said, um, I, I think that the, the Jacksonville city. East Coast is better than the Chargers, but I think the quarterback situation is a little bit better. And in both organizations, you could probably run the show, right? I, I, I don't doubt for a second. Both organizations said, Urban, if you come in, you're going to be it. You'll be head coach. Yeah, you'll be like Bill Belichick. You know, that's tough to turn down. You know, he's getting quarterback of the future. He's getting money. He's getting a winnable division, and he's getting power. And, you know, he, he is getting the absolute four best things you could ever ask for if you wanted to be a head coach. And I'll tell you, if he doesn't, then that should be the end of the Urban Meyer talk. He'll he'll never get a better situation than with either one of these two football teams. You know, and if he wants a big time market, then he has it in LA. If he wants a small time market, then he has it in Jacksonville. And you you couldn't have you know, unless he, you know, he's gonna be head coach of the Green Bay Packers for the nostalgia sake of it all. Um, you know, maybe he's holding out for for uh, Notre Dame, although it doesn't look like Brian Kelly's going anywhere. Uh, that was always his dream job, you know, when he was an assistant there. So, I, you know, I don't know. But if he doesn't come back this year, then uh, it's it's not happening. I'll, I'll tell you that. Funny little story with, with uh, Alabama as they prepare for this game against Ohio State. And as I told you, it doesn't look like they're going to move the game. I, you know, I, I would be surprised. So Saban's daughter. Now, when you say you think daughter, you think like a 13-year-old. She's a grown-up, right? But she uh, she sent out a tweet yesterday accusing Ohio State of faking, which is so funny because it was, you know, Ohio State sending out the tweet against Michigan saying that Michigan, remember that story a couple weeks ago? Michigan was faking the COVID-19 situation to avoid an accident. So now the roles have been reversed. We'll get to that next it's a Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in until 7 a.m. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this uh, Wednesday morning, oh, the left side of the aisle is on the Twitter world celebrating today. Uh, looks like, can't confirm this, but it looks like the two Democrats won the Senate races down in Georgia, which means because of a tiebreaker, they would have control of the Senate. So, uh, oh, they're, they're out in full force. Oh, yes, just uh, taking out the anti-Trump sentiment cards. 
playing that up. Wait, way to reunite the you know unite the country. They're crying for uniting the country, and now now they finally have uh, everything on their side, and they're, they're doing everything but uh, uniting the country. So, um, but that's what they're saying so far. It looks like the two Democrats won the the, the runoff uh, last night. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we went change. I thought that's what we wanted. Remember, change. If we wanted the same thing, what's the difference? As a guy that sits in the middle, I don't care what we do, whether it's left or right. It was just nice to have everyone on the same page. That's all. That that's what I'm asking for. Same page. Can we get that? Yeah, we get that. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, we get change, and you know, it, it's like the great the, the Who song, you know? Old boss looks like the new, or the new boss looks like the old boss. It's just in different colors, and that, that's all. So, uh, congrats. So, we'll have four more years of yelling and screaming and fighting. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's got to be one guy, just one normal person out there, outside of myself, that would be willing to run for president and just be able to unite the country. I'm telling you, it's, it's got to be Tim Tebow. It's, it's, Tebow's our guy. I, I guarantee you, as we sit here closing out this first hour on January 6th, somewhere along the line, Tim Tebow will be running for a government office. And somewhere along the line, I don't know how far up he will go, but I, I guarantee you Tim Tebow, before everything is said and done, will be talked about as a presidential candidate. And maybe good old Tim would be able to unite our country. How could you not vote for Tim Tebow, right? No matter what side of the aisle you are. Maybe it's a bad beat. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.